Hello and welcome to the year-end episode of the Massive Attack Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch, and with me is Joe, as per usual. Not that it really will be our year-end episode. It's the year-end of this episode. It's not Ah. a special... Special. Special. This is a special episode, though. It's it's special in its own little way. Every kid gets a prize. Because if everyone's special, no one's special. Exactly. So, this is the year-end breakdown, I suppose, what we... Our top five... Yeah. Even though you don't want to do top five, you just want favourites. But I did. I went to the yeah. effort to put a top five together. We we have this discussion every year, and you get it wrong every. I, I it, got it it's, wrong. It's not our top fives of each categories. It's our top of five different categories. So yes, well, I did five of five. Five for five. Mm. Anyway, so what we'll be doing tonight, as yeah. we do nearly every December, I think there's only one where we didn't, and that's where we had a guest on. Guest on was he French? Yes, he was. No. But, yeah, normally every year we do this and we do our top five things in the categories of gaming, television, movies, podcasts and comics. Uh Uh-huh. Not necessarily in that order. No. But, here we are, December. Excellent. So, how are you anyway? I'm good. Excellent. Good. We've got that out of the way. Yes. All right, let's start with games. All right. 2016. Shit of a year to start with. Yes. I'm sure we'll cover that later. Yeah, so let's start with some games. So, you've got some honourable mentions. I do. I When I look back at what I've actually been playing over the year, I had my usual effort like I've had the last few years that I've had a mobile game that I've dedicated a hell of a lot of time to. Tinder. No, a Grindr. mobile game. <laughs> so yes, Pokemon Go I've played a lot, but I figured it probably wasn't enough to make that my game of the year. Yep. Unlike some of the people that took up Pokemon Go in a big way when it first came out. Professionally. I've read some story actually that someone quit their job and decided they were going to be a professional. Well, that's just stupid. Yeah. But yeah, some people have dropped off on it, but the fact that they've done a few little updates and they did like a big Halloween spectacular where the week around Halloween you got double points for things and there was just lots of scary type Pokemon. How many Pokemon you got? I've got about 150 out of the... Actually, no, I don't. I've got... I don't know. I think I've got... <laughs> you put me on the spot here. I think I've got about two-thirds of the Pokemon. But then I was reading on one of the gaming forums that I'm on on Facebook that there's a, a couple of Pokemon that are region-specific. Like there's only there's one that's like only available in Japan, and there's another one that's Northern Territory... Uh, sorry, Northern America. And there's one that's actually here in Australia. So, yes, I've got that one. And some of the English people on the, the forum I was on were having a whinge that they could never get it. And one of them was like, oh, sometimes I feel like just giving my logon details to someone so they can go and catch them. For me, and I thought well, that's a good Ask idea. me how many I've got. Three? Two. 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 Yeah. But no, I'm I'm still into it. My my now six year old is super into it. He's just got a bunch of stuff for his birthday that was all Pokemon related and he's got like this enormous Pokemon encyclopedia that covers X and Y as well as Pokemon Go, so there's just stuff that he knows that we don't know now. But mm-hmm. yeah, so over the course of I think July I started playing Pokemon. I probably play it every day. I still on my lunch break I'll go for a walk every day and I'll flick it on before I go for a walk and What about Pokemon? Yeah, yeah that too. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I sort of rack up a few Ks and go for a walk too. <laughs> but yeah. But that being said, I don't think it is the game that I will say my favourite game for the year. Because this top five is not necessarily what we think is the best. It's just what we've enjoyed the most, I guess. It's your number one, though. It doesn't have to be the best game, but it's your best game that you've played this year. That's what the choice is. Yes. Well, I don't know, because a couple of things that I, I thought for honourable mentions weren't necessarily good games. I just enjoyed well, I'm going to rattle through. I This year, you'll find with all my list, I have not done a lot of anything. I don't know. 
and I can't blame my daughter because she only came along three months ago. So there's a whole other nine months of the year, which can't blame her for. Yeah, so all the games I've played this year, none of them are new. Yeah. Once, once, even that's a year and a bit old. Okay, so I have played Dead Space 2. I'm only a game and how many years behind on that one. Very good, yep. but I enjoyed it. Brutal Legend, again, six, six years, years, I think we yeah. worked out that was that old. Borderlands pre-sequel, getting kind of newer, didn't finish it, can't really comment. Mass Effect 3, just started it, so <laughs> I reckon if you give me a week and a half, it'll be in my top five list, but I can't because I'm only about five hours in. Yep. Gears of War 4, it's a new game. Yep, same for me, I thought... But we're two hours in. I thought, could I put it on the list? I must say, so far, it is probably my favourite game I've played on the Xbox One. Yep. But... Too soon. It's too soon. Yeah, exactly. So, that... Rocket League, actually a new game. It's about a year and a half, two years old, but still (laughs) new for me. It's okay, but it's not something I'm going to be playing often. And how would you pronounce that? Numa? Numa. Numa, Numa, hey. It's P-N-E-U-M-A colon Breath of Life. It's a portal-like game, I suppose you'd call it. It's a puzzle. It's a first-person perspective where you're walking through, you've got this weird English, almost like Stephen Merchant narration going, oh, I'm a god. Look at this, I'm creating stuff. And as you walk into different rooms, it creates, and you've got to get out of the room. And the way they work is there's sort of these cameras that if you sta- if they see you, the doors will open or close. So you've got to stand in certain ways to move things. And It's, it's quite cool. clever, and it's cool. There's a freebie that's on there. So they're the games I played but didn't make my top five. They're my honourable mentions. Okay. I've got a top five, I know you don't, so I'll let you well, go through some I've got of yours. A, a couple more that I probably should mention. Far Cry 3, I yep. played an awful lot of, and at first, as I mentioned on the podcast, I didn't really like it because I, I was getting a little bit motion sickness. You don't like being underpowered either. No. I, I really hate the start of a game when you've got shitty guns and you, you've got a tiny little health bar. So at first I didn't like Varkai 3 but then I thought to myself I'm going to stick with it and I will, you know. I'll... I was like that too because you can only carry one gun or two at the most and you yep. want more slots and you want more slots for ammunition and you have to go kill animals to skin them to make all these things. And at the start I was feeling pretty bad about skinning animals. By the end it was like give me that fucking pig yep, I'm going to slaughter exactly. it. Yeah. I really enjoyed Varkai 3 and I, I sunk a lot of hours into it eventually. I'm still probably about two thirds of the way through Varkai 4 and even though Far Cry 4 looks better. I think Far Cry 3 is a better game. I put them in the same... I couldn't tell you what the difference is now. I just think there was more variety in the environments in Far Cry 3. I honestly can't separate the two. Yeah, although I really do like the little gyrocopter thing you've got in Far Cry 4. I did. I thought that was in 3, so that's what I'd say. Yeah, I... But again, both games are good. And now that I've got an Xbox One, I've actually got Far Cry Primal waiting for me when I eventually get into it. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Other than that, there was a few things, like you said, older games that I've gone back and played a lot of this year. Like, I played a lot of Lego Marvel and just finishing up things that I'd already started. I was very tempted to go back and play a bit more Borderlands after we played Borderlands the pre-sequel. But then I thought to myself, well, I've got other games that I haven't started that I should be playing. But yeah, so they're probably my honourable mentions. But I think my number one game that I enjoyed the most this year based on story, graphics gameplay, everything as a total package would be Tomb Raider Rise of what is it? Rise of the Tomb Raider? Mm. The second of the rebooted Tomb Raider games. Again I, I just found that it was one of those things that was... Last year Tomb Raider was your number one wasn't it? I think it might have been. Mm. So yeah, maybe I'm a bit of a Tomb Raider fan. I think you're just like booty and boobs. Well there's not so much booty and boobs in this one because she's like younger and wearing a jacket but yeah something about it I I think the fact that it's that third person action adventure it's well designed we exactly well designed and the mechanics are beautiful yep yeah and for me though I I sunk a lot of time in that but it was one of those games where you didn't feel like you were 
spending a lot of time. It was just you would play and then you'd look at the clock and it'd be like hours later and you'd be like... Well, that's what yeah. I love about, I mean, Far Cry. Like last year was my game of the year, I think it was. Yeah. Far Cry 3 or 4 or they so. both went into it. It's because I, I did everything in the game. Like I went around and did everything because I loved it. And the thing is you could play for a half hour and just get one mission out of the way and just progress the game a little bit or you could sink three hours in yep. easily. Yeah. And sort of do that. And that's what I loved about those games. And um, Tomb Raider was the same. You could progress the story, or there were things you could go and find collectibles. and Exactly. And I think you sort of had a go at me earlier in the year when I talked about Probably. it. The fact that... Well, exactly. This is one of those things you do. <laughs> but the fact that the Tomb Raiding elements of it were optional. So if you wanted to just progress through the story, you could do that. But if you then wanted to go and find the tomb to get the artifact that would then I, I don't know how you give you not do that. Is that what I had to go at you for and not doing it? Yeah. yeah, understandable. I stand by my my my, my picking. Yeah, but it's, it's called things, Tomb Raider. It is, but so you raid tombs. It was called Rise of the Tomb Raider. So you rise. I was rising. You were. <laughs> but yeah. So for me, definitely my game of the year. I think. All right. Well, my top five. Okay. Five would be Star Wars Battlefront. Only because it's new. I paid $20 for it. It's on the Xbox One. I have not gone online. I have no real intention of going online. I have played nothing but the demo missions at the start. And there's like a horde mode. And that's fun. I'm in Star Wars. I'm on Hoth. I'm on the Forest Moon of Endor. It's really cool. But for $20, I definitely got my money's worth. And it justified my Xbox One. Because I'm using a new game (laughs) on it. Number four, only because I saw it, it was Conan. I totally forgot I played it this year. But I remember having fun at the time. Yeah. I had to look back at my achievements going, oh, yeah, I played that in August or something. It was a good game. I like Conan. Number three was Rage, which you didn't like, which I did. I just remember really getting into it. And that was like January this year, I think it was. So. Yeah. Sort of a more grounded Borderlands in I, a way. I think in the episode when we recorded where we were talking about Borderlands, you, uh, when we were talking about Rage, you said it was a prettier Borderlands. And it definitely is. It's it's not self-shaded. It's more yeah. realistic looking. Yeah. But yeah, something about it just didn't grab me. Well, it's not fun. No. I mean, I, I didn't mind it for what it is. And, and this is what I know with my favourite sort of those sort of games, and it's, it's Borderlands is that, Far Cry is that, is that you're not in a hurry. Where I love Gears of War. But you are on a. You feel yeah, like you're, you're on a time limit down. the whole time. Yeah. It's, it's it's go 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 grunt grunt grunt. Where you can go to the left and have a look and see what's over there. You can go to the right. It's fine. You know, it, 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 there's no hurry to do anything. I like to explore in a game. So rage. You know, you, it's open world and that sort of thing. Number two is Futurama Game of Drones, which is my mobile device, my iPhone game that I've been playing. Was that in my list last year? I'm. I don't know. I don't know if you've only started that this year. Feels like I've been playing forever. That's why I thought it might be there. And it is a game I play every day. And it's to the point where my my son grabs my hand, grabs the phone out of my hand and says, put it down, play daddy. So (laughs) I played a little bit. I'm not going to say it's my favourite game of the year because it doesn't deserve it. But the fact that I play so much of it in the same way that other years, Candy Crush and all those sort of things have been there, it's got to get number two for me only just because of the the time that I've put into it. And number one for me is Forza Horizon. Hmm. For the similar reasons of... Far Cry last year is you can do a 20 minute jaunt in the game or you can do a three hour session in the game and the best thing about Forza is you can put on podcasts and listen to podcasts or watch a TV show on the iPad while you're playing this game because it's just one of those you don't have to focus you don't have to listen you just sort of yep. go and it's all the all the assists were turned on so I could drive anywhere it would, you know I I had fairly good control. The game holds you by the hand, essentially. It tells you where you got to drive to. It's not... Burnout Paradise is a game you absolutely adored and I couldn't get into. Very similar, where yeah. you drive to different places on a map and start different races. I love it in Forza Horizon. I hated it in... And the thing is, I didn't know the map of Burnout Paradise, maybe. Where this, I didn't need to know the map. I'm not sure. Yeah. 
But you're, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the whole urban setting of Burnout Paradise as opposed to the open worldness. Maybe I don't know. It was just it just didn't work for me. Paradise, and I know plenty of people love it, and there's a reason for that. And I'm not going to say it's wrong, hmm. but yeah, but yeah, I got to say the time I put in, and it's the most recent game I finished as well. But I I forgot I played Conan. That's how good that was. Where <laughs> Forza Horizon has got me to a point where it's like, do I spend the dollars and get Forza Horizon three because I kind of want to. We'll give it time, and I'm sure probably in the next month or so it'll be checked. But Forza Horizon 6 will probably be out by then. They seem to be tuning these games out very quickly. And it's funny, because I've tried a little bit of Forza Horizon Fast and the Furious. I think that came out last year. Yeah. And I got to the point where I've done a race and I just couldn't get any further, and I never went back. Yeah, I'm the same. And then when Forza Horizon 1, or Forza Horizon was the freebie on 360, I downloaded it. But the only time I've played it is over here with you. I've done a couple of races on your profile. But I can see the appeal to it. I just haven't jumped in yet. But that being said, though, the actual just straight Forza games I've tried, and again, just can't get into them. I find them too technical. Yeah, Yeah, versus this is more arcade-y. So, yeah, I think it would be something that I would really enjoy if I made the effort to put some time in, but yeah. Yeah, that's my number one. Cool. Only because it's recent. Mm. If you ask me just after Conan, it might have been that, but I doubt it. I doubt it too. Because Conan Conan was fun, but I don't think Conan was (laughs) that fun. It's not game of the year stuff. And from what I remember from when I played Conan, the final boss was just really badly designed gameplay. So funny how... I mean, I I haven't played a lot of modern games, but there's not many of those adventure sort of games seems to be anymore. But I did... I played Darksiders 2. I, I played a little bit more of that this year. That whole force camera perspective against the last boss when you've got to hit him get the health bar down then they come back with a different fire attack and then the health bar goes up and you've got to wind him down to a certain level so many games do this yeah hopefully not anymore but hopefully. old games seem to do this it's mm. like ah move on people alright well maybe we should move on alright should we move on to television television alright so again this year there was a lot of probably more of the same there was obviously another season of Game of Thrones that was pretty good. I'm going to cheat on a lot of this here, but I'm actually going to put a Hall of Fame in, so I don't have to pick it, and Game of Thrones is going in my Hall of Fame. So I I don't have to mention it anymore. Well, see, I'll mention it, but I think this year I didn't feel it was must-watch television like other years. I thought this was the best season yet. Well, I thought the first few episodes really dragged. I thought this season... Because they're ahead of the books now, they're not beholden to the pacing and the structure of the books. It actually was written like a TV series, so it actually peaked every episode. Other seasons, it sort of had a weird momentum to it, where I thought this season had the best television momentum, and it went really well. Best season? Could be wrong, as far as... doesn't ha- didn't have the highs because of... Yeah, whereas... It, 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 in other it's just seasons, solid. It's just very, very solid. In other seasons, it came it sort of came to a point. It was normally sort of episode eight, episode nine of mm. the season. It was like building up, building yeah. up, building up. Massive sort of second last episode, and then it sort yeah. of peters off for the mm. end. Whereas this one had a lot of mini peaks, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Oh, actually, I'm telling you a lot. That fucking battle was the second last episode, or third last episode. Was that the Battle of the Bastards? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that was that pretty was, fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, yeah. No, this had, this had highs. This had highs. This was, this was a great season. So, yeah, I, I will mention that. I also watched a lot of Walking Dead this year. In fact, this was the first year I've ever watched Walking Dead. So I think I watched probably four and a half seasons before it got to a point of overkill where my wife and I decided that we'd probably watch too much Walking Dead and we stopped. There was other seasons where we've gone back and watched, again, uh, older shows that we're just sort of coming on to now, like Halt and Catch Fire I really enjoyed earlier in the year. which Jacob was the, the Fat Man? No. No, no. no not at all. 
my two dads. No, um, no but, <laughs> but the Holden Catch Fire, I think I mentioned it on the show, it was based around early 80s. Silicon people, Valley stuff. Yeah, Silicon Valley building portable IBM clones sort of thing, which was quite good. I really enjoyed that. Other shows that probably, if I had have finished them, they may have got higher, and that's Westworld, which I think list, yeah. Westworld is really well done. But I find that maybe it's a little bit too much exposition every episode. Yeah. I've gone and mainlined a lot of podcasts about it. And what I like about that is the theories. And this is what I've learnt a lot this last few years is podcasts and finding things that I may not have liked, but doing a bit more research. And it's like, oh, yeah, and here's this theory, here's this theory. And what I like about that is it makes me watch things differently. So I look for different meanings, I look for this. And Westworld is chock full of what's it mean. In the same way Lost gave us that. And we know how Lost ended. It was a bit of a fizzer. I'm hoping we don't get that, but it's definitely each week I'm getting, wow, wow, wow. That's poses an interesting conundrum. Yeah. Ethically, that's weird. Oh, how would you feel about that? You know, first episode, it came up as, um, it was sort of like that whole, this is kind of trippy. These robots are living out yeah, exactly. repeated terrible days. Yeah. They're either murdered or raped, basically. And it's just repeated. And they have a consciousness to a point. How alive, how, how much do they know? They've been programmed to have feelings and they are going through the same shit every day. And then you get in the next episode and you're sort of talking about the guests to the park. And you're sort of like, what are they doing? And you sort of get this gaming analogy that that's me. That's how I play a game. And then we were talking about it because we've talked about it before where it's like games where you can do the good choice or the bad choice. Why? And I, I, I don't know how you could be a bad person in a game. It's like, why? It's not hard. But I, I, again, what's the benefit I, of being a hard? Well, you, you're, yeah, you're a game. I, I, I don't know how to be a good person in a game. Like any game, so like Fable or any game yeah. like that, I'm always killing people accidentally to start with. And then it's like, well, fuck it. I may as well just go all and out. That's, and that's what you sort of, they, they sort of explore levels of that in, in do, Westworld. Because you could go into Westworld and you would be a cunt. Yeah. Where I'd be trying to help the prospector. You know, yeah. that's that's how I'd go into it. Is it the first episode? I think it, when, they, when they're on the train and one of them's like, oh, last time I was here, I was a complete good guy and now I'm just going to go the bad route yeah. sort of thing. And I was like, oh, that would just be me. I would just be shooting. So, I mean, the so there's so many different levels to this show as far as that. Then obviously there's the plot itself and it's like, who's now we're getting to a point of who's a guest, who's a host. Yeah. So it, it's It's... It's fascinating, and I just hope it, let, it you know lands the ending. Yeah, I That's hope it pays off. But yeah, that was definitely an honourable mention. So I've got I got that think, as number two for this year. Well, I think finished. if I'd have seen more of it and if it had finished, it may have pipped my number one, but maybe not. It depends on the ending, I guess. A couple of other things that I really enjoyed this year. The new Tiger Mask W, the anime. I'm now seven episodes into that, and I'm finding that sort of piqued my interest in anime again, which is really good. And... Another thing that I've watched, I think, seven seasons of, but they're British Great seasons. British well, that too. I watched a lot of that this year. But I went back and watched all of Doc Martin this year, and I really enjoyed that as well. And again, that's English seasons, so they're only like six or eight episodes a season. But I've still managed to mainline seven seasons of that this year. Yeah. And I must say, following the US election via watching John Oliver and Last Week Tonight, I have found very entertaining as yep. well. But... Not enough to be make it my number one TV pick for the year. So no, I I'll think let, I know what your number one. Well, I've got a feeling your it might be on your list, but I don't think it's your number one. Oh, really? And another honourable mention of the honourable mentions, I, I must say, the Henry Zabowski episode of the characters, the the Netflix show that came yeah. out in March. That's been one of my most rewatched episodes, but I can't say that that show was any good because I've only watched that one episode. Yeah, multiple fair times. Enough. But yes. All right, so. My honourable mentions, The Night Of, which I've discussed in previous episodes. Um, John Oliver, 
It's just this perpetual good. Hey, hey, it's Saturday. I've been rewatching, but that's more a plug for my other podcast. Hey, hey, it's the podcast that I do. It's worth rewatching. Another honourable mention is Embarrassing Bodies, which we've been starting to watch <laughs> every week. I don't know. We sort of count down how long do we see some Dirty Wang. So yeah, it's, it's just one of those. Funny normally, things. it's not very long. <laughs> no, it doesn't take long at all. Um, Sometimes it's even in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, guilty pleasure here. Number five for me is Motorway Patrol and RBT <laughs> and those sort of reality Australian and Kiwi TV shows where they pull dickhead drivers over. I don't know why. It's my having dinner generally. It's around the same time it's on telly on one of the channels and it's just brain dead TV. So, so for me, yep, that's sort of my number. That's, yeah, my number five. Number four, I'm going to cheat again. I'm going to say Jessica Jones, Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all go under that one umbrella of well, the Marvel, Marvel Cinematic yeah. Television Universe. So, yeah, Jessica Jones came out this year and so did Luke Cage. I haven't finished Luke Cage yet, but I, I'm four episodes in and I enjoy it a lot. So it's probably my favourite to this point. But the problem with the Marvel Netflix TV shows is they seem to drag a bit. So I'm excited that the Defenders series... Defenders! Which is coming out next year... Yeah. ...is only going to be seven episodes long. Which, great! Don't do ten! Because it just it was too many. Yeah. Mind you, when you get Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica, Jessica Jones and Iron Fist together... That's when they shorten the episode. It's yeah. like, oh, well, but I suppose I don't have to delve into origins of any of them. So Well, that's true. So that's my four. I'm cheating, but... Encompassing them all into one. Number three, this is out of left field, Sonigsberg. Now, this is a TV show that if you're in Melbourne, you can watch on Channel 31. Yeah. If you're not in Melbourne, you can watch it on YouTube. It's a proper TV show. It's filmed in Australia. It's a very low budget, little, but it's a little Twin Peaks-ish sort of quirky, ghosty sort of story about a girl who's gone to a town looking for a story. Like, she's a segment producer for a ghost show, and she's looking for this town called Sonnensburg, which no one's been to for 70 years, which is she's got to try and find, because there's ghost stories there. Plus, she's also looking for her ex-girlfriend, who said, come and get me kind of thing. Hmm. So she's turned up to town, she sees her for a bit, she gives her a kiss, then she disappears. And now, as the sh- it's only two episodes in so far, but it plays out that she's been missing for six months. No one's seen her, and it's just this quirky little thing. And the humor's good. The acting's pretty good for it. The budget's nothing. It looks so good. It's filmed in Walhalla, just past Maui. So it was there was a bit of a buzz going around my Twitter feed of people saying, "Oh, that's on tonight. I'll check it out." And Petra Elliott, who I've seen from the Splendid Chaps podcast, she was in it. So there's just sort of these weird connections. And another plug for Geek Dudes podcast is my co-host in that, Chris Fresh, his brother-in-law, John Erasmus. He's the one of the producers and the cameraman on it. Oh. And Chris, my co-host's daughter, is actually the first person you see in the first scene of the show. So it's, there's a connection there as well. It's just her back and it's her backpack, but that, it doesn't matter. It's still her. But it's, I'm just surprised the quality that it is. I mean, this is what you can do now with I mean, iPhones are 4K. Exactly. So you can film pretty good stuff. I mean, I'm intrigued. It's six episodes long. It's like, good on you. My, well done, John, for a start. It's, hmm. it's good. And I because I watched the trailer, I was watching the trailer on the phone because I thought I did a link to it. And my wife was on the other on the other couch, and she goes, "That sounds interesting. What are you watching?" It's, like, it's the trailer for some Channel Thirty One show, and we watched it. It's second episode on the air on Monday. They're thirty six minutes long or something. Okay, I'm intrigued. And each episode at the end of it, I'm like, "Ooh, what? I want to see what happens next." So, a bit of a well done pat on the back to John and Co. And also, I think it's worth your time if you if you looking for something to watch. Okay. So that, that was my number three. Number two was Wessel, which we talked about. And number yep. one... It's probably the same as me. Yeah. Go for it. 
Stranger Things. Yes, obviously. Of I, I think looking at it, there there wasn't another show that created as much of a buzz. I don't think as Stranger Things this year. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, like Westworld was coming. It was pushed. It was plugged. You know, this is expensive. Coming from the you know one of the, some of the creators of Batman and Dark Knight and blah 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 and the budget's this big yeah. and yeah, all these sort of things. Game of Thrones obviously every year is big now. But this yeah. was out of nowhere. This was literally, oh, there's a show that just dropped on. Exactly. It's an unknown cast. Majority, or well, other than Winona Ryder, I guess, but majority of the main stars of the shows are children. And it's just a miracle that you've got you know, five kids in a show and none of them are really annoying. No. But it's just so well made, so addictive in the fact that being Netflix, if you wanted to just sit there and mainline it all in, in one hit, you could. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I was a little bit late to the party. I think you'd already finished it and you were like, you really got to watch this. Yeah. And then once I did watch it, it was like, I'm glad I watched this sort of thing. So yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping the next season will be as good, but it's one of those things is... Can they, you yeah, know, can lightning strike twice? You know, is yeah. It, yeah. Apparently they got ideas. And I mean, the way it was so well executed, it's like, yeah, please, please do. Please. But it, it was one of those hit and miss years for television, I think, this year. Like, I seriously thought about putting Series 3 of Black Mirror on the list. Mm-hmm. But then I thought to myself, out of the six episodes of Black Mirror, there was only two episodes I really enjoyed. Okay. And the other two episodes, the other four episodes were kind of, I didn't like. There was one that was kind of touch and go, but... Didn't like because they're not good, or didn't like because the subject matter. Was I, a bit, well, I didn't like yeah. the concept on a lot okay. of them. I haven't like, seen any. One of one of the concepts was it was kind of like everyone was on these Twitter type things through the whole life, and you could rate interactions with people. So it was uh, what's her name, Bryce Dallas Howard. Howard, yeah, that's the girl, and it, she was trying to get a better apartment, and she needed to be like a, a four point eight popularity to do it, and she was going around and all these little interactions caused her to lose popularity really badly. And I kind of liked the concept, but I didn't like the delivery of that one. Mm -hmm. But there was one episode that had Bronn from Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. and it was like an online blackmail sort of episode, and I thought that was just really well done and really creepy. Yep. And it was one of those things where when it finished, you you really thought about it, and you thought, well, you know, who was the good guy, who was the bad guy sort of thing. But, yeah, the inconsistency of the rest of the episodes made me not want to put that on the list. And the other thing that's kind of cheating a little bit was I've got back into wrestling a lot more this year. And I would have said, like, wrestling sort of in inverted commas as being TV, but then it's not really a show. It's more of a a thing. And I think the fact that they did the big brand split in WWE made me interested in WWE again. I really got into NXT this year until they pulled it off Foxtel here in Australia and then I kind of dropped off. And also just... In general, I've been more interested in Japanese wrestling again and watching a lot of indie stuff again because the internet just means you've got easy access to just everything. Like, I, I think back in the days when I was buying videotapes of wrestling, if they'd have had just the breadth of the availability, I would never have left the house. I would have just been watching wrestling 24-7. But yeah, I, I was very tempted to mention wrestling as TV, but then because it's not a TV show Mm. per se I didn't put it on Ah, fair enough but anyway but yeah definitely Stranger Things were worth the watch and I think if you've got this far into the year and you haven't watched it you probably I don't know there's probably a lot of spoilers out there so you may have there's still so many shows I need to watch like Fargo everyone's talking about it I just haven't done it so much but yes because I have watched all the DC cinematic or television universe too um, with Supergirl Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow, and I watch them all, and I watch them all religiously, but I don't know if I could put that on the list, because they're all a bit samey and simple. 
Yeah, but there's a lot of things that I watch and I just kind of take for granted that I watch. Like, mm. I watch a lot of English panel comedy shows, but it, there's nothing there that I would say jumps out as being the best thing or my favourite thing I've watched. It's just stuff that He's is on. on in the background while you're doing other things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yes, television. All right, so movies. Now, I don't know about you, but my movie going this year, well, movie watching has been rather shite. Movie going, I've seen some, but I don't think I've watched many outside of going to the cinemas. That's like, I might catch something on television, but I don't actually go out of my way to grab a DVD and put it in, or go to Netflix and pick a movie. I have, well, on my list there is one that I watched on Netflix the other day, because I was crawling through, saying, I've been meaning to see that for ages, it's on. Well, I was just saying to you off air before we did this, that normally before we record this episode, I'll go back and listen to our Great Expectations episode. So to just remind myself of what we were excited about at the start of the year. And then I can sort of sit down and tick off and go, oh, yeah, I did go and see that. And I did go and see yep. that. But this year, I think I've only actually been to the cinema four times, which is... How many Thomas movies? No, 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 I haven't seen any kids' movies at the cinema this year. I've seen a lot of kids' movies at home. And there was a few that were not bad. Like, I just saw Secret Life of Pets, and I really enjoyed that. I watched the BFG, and that was better than I thought it would be. My son and I sat down and watched the Angry Birds movie and there was bits of that that I really enjoyed as well for different levels. But for me, I think the main honourable mentions are probably Deadpool because it came out of nowhere. Yep. And how can it go wrong? It's got TJ Miller and Ryan Reynolds in, so it's got to be good, right? There's the only one better than that would be Yogi Bear, I assume. <laughs> it's got your TJ Miller and that other guy you love. Ed. Ed Kavanagh. No, yeah. Um, Tom Kavanagh. Tom Kavanagh, yes. Ed from the TV show. But a couple of other things that, that I wasn't really expecting to be good this year that were really good. One of them being Sing Street, the little Irish movie that almost caused my wife and I to, to come to blows because I really liked it and she was offended by it. So hmm. okay, I, I enjoyed that. And again, it was something I knew nothing about. And I just saw it there and I thought I'll give that a try. Well, you should be looking forward to the movie Sing coming out soon. Because well, it's, it's like Sing Street, but with computer-generated animals. It's funny you say that, because one of the last times I went to the movies, I think I went and saw the Minions movie last year, and there was an ad for Sing Street then. And now that's finally coming out, like, this month. Because, yeah, my little one at school is going on his, like, end-of-year excursion to go and see an advanced screening of Sing, and I was like, we saw the ads for that ages ago. Now, I don't know about you. You're probably not. It's just me. But I've been nostalgic for, for Glee. Every time I hear a song every now and then, it reminds me of an episode going, oh, yeah, I remember that episode where they were singing. That was fun. And I kind of miss having that show. Like, just the singing and the and the fun. It was just sort of like... It, it got too farcical, I think, at the end. I don't mind. It was just a release. And it all had to do with song choices. And there were some shit songs I didn't know. And that sort of went, not over my head, but it was just, I didn't care. But when they did a song on you and this sort of thing, it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of fun. And then you hear it on the radio and you go, Oh, it reminds me of that episode. And I just was something to look forward to each week. It's just, I don't know. I just, I, I'm nostalgic for it. Mind you, towards the end there, I was sort of going, oh, this is shit. But yeah. A couple of movies I, 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 I won't mention things that I've rewatched this year because that's not really fair. But I, I found the there was. You can only talk about so much. Well, yeah. But almost on the same sort of theme as Yantel, I, I watched Tootsie again. And I've realised what a good movie Tootsie is. But it's been, you know, years since I've seen that. And also, like, another one in that... Ken Walls, The Soldier. No. No, that was last year. (laughs) But 9 to 5, the Dolly Parton movie. Like, I watched that again earlier this year. It's a Lily Tomlin movie, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, it's a Jane Fonda movie. Yeah, but it's still a good movie. Yeah. Dabney Coleman. Mm-hmm. It's his movie. Yeah. But equally, though, going back to when we did our 50th episode and we watched Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, 
I can't believe I hadn't seen that before. And that was a good movie for an old movie. Take a Fifty Foot Woman. Yeah. It was not a good movie. Oh, no. I, it was an enjoyable movie. It was fun to watch, but it was but, not yes. a good movie. But then other movies that I was really looking forward to this year, like X-Men Apocalypse, I didn't like. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but they're my honourable mentions. Yep. My my number one movie was actually a cinema release movie, which makes a change for me. But again, I wasn't expecting it to be any good, but Huntsman Winter's War was probably my favourite film of the year. Wow. Because it just had enough story, action, comedy, everything you really wanted all rolled into one. But yeah, that, that's my number one pick. Okay. my I can actually rattle through the list of what I've seen this year. That's how small it is. Yeah. So, Dressmaker, I saw on DVD and I loved it. Thought it was The Babadook, which we've talked about yep. in a previous episode. That was fine. Love, which was the 3D porno movie. Not going to say it's not on my list. Sorry. <laughs> Hateful Eight was an experience, but it's not a rewatchable experience. It was just a See, thing. I don't know, because I saw that very early in the year and I have been tempted to go back and watch I mean, it it's since good. watching Westworld. Okay. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Ghostbusters was an experience, but it's not, not my movie. Like, I mean, I know people who love it and people who hate it and all that sort of stuff. I, I'm indifferent to both parties on that. Suicide Squad's in there. It's an experience. It's like, I'm glad they are making movies that aren't too much the same, which is going to contradict what I have later in my top five. It's just, there is a mess. Suicide Squad is a interesting mess. X-Men Apocalypse is there as well. It's something I saw. I think we've talked about it previously. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. Now, I'm cheating here with a tie because I didn't know where to put it, but Star Trek Beyond... And Doctor Strange are my fifth favourite movies of this year because I couldn't split them because they're both flawed. They're both good. You know, there's no perfectness there. Yeah. Doctor Strange, I don't think I've talked about yet. It's 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 fine. It's, it's chuck fine. <laughs> For anyone who listens to Bad Movie Fiends will know what we mean. It, it's okay. Like, it's a Marvel origin movie. Like, the, the visuals are excellent. It's technically very well made. That's what Marvel do. Villains are nothing. Yeah. Like, it, it's just... There's no Darth Vader. You know, remember when villains were the cool thing in a movie? Heroes are good, but the villains won't make it better. Yeah. There's no, Marvel well, villains are shit. Well, see, Marvel hasn't had a decent villain since Loki in the first no. Thor movie. No. Yellow Jacket. Who? Yeah. Exactly. Ant-Man. You know. I mean, even Iron Man, the first one, Jeff Bridges was a bad guy. Yeah. And he, I mean, he was cool as Jeff Bridges in a giant suit, but it's still Robert Downey so good in that he overpowered it. And he proved that heroes can be cool without that villain kind of mm. thing. You liked James Spader as Ultron more than I did. I thought Ultron was nothing. I, I liked him because he was just James Spader. Yeah, I didn't really think it, he was so For bad. me, it was nothing. Where other yeah. people, you know, swear by him as Ultron saying it's so cool. And it's like, it's, it's nothing. Mm. It's, it's, yeah. So anyway, so Doctor Strange, very good. Like, it's, it's, it's like, I think I've used this comparison on the podcast before, but it's Starbucks or McDonald's. Yeah. It's, it's coffee. You know, Starbucks for a coffee? It's not the best coffee you're going to have, but it's better than shit coffee. <laughs> but it's the same coffee. You know, you go all around. And Marvel movies are that. It's mm. constant. It's it's of a high standard that's fine. It's not going to a proper barista, you know, for, you know, really good coffee. Or it's not it's not like going to Danny's Burgers as opposed to, like, a Macca's. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. product. Number four for me is Creed, which I only watched on Netflix the other week. And which is the documentary about the God Rock Band. Yeah, no, no, it's the shooter. It is actually a sequel to Rocky, the Rocky franchise, but it's also its own film in its own right. It was good, really good, actually. Hmm. Like, it's just a really good film. Like, I, and what made me realize I've never seen all of Rocky 1. I've seen subsequent Rockies. 
but I haven't seen Rocky Five or Rocky Balboa. So I'm actually not that au fait with the whole oeuvre, oeuvre, wrong word, <laughs> um, the whole gamut of Rocky films. And I was watching it with my wife and I was talking about the getting going to fly now, is it? I'm yeah. getting strong now. Um, the running scene that he does in the original movie and there's a homage to that in, in Creed. And after the, after watching the movie... I got to YouTube and pulled up the running scene from Rocky and showed that. Then I pulled up the running scene from Rocky 2 and showed that. And then the training montage scene from Rocky 3. And then the training <laughs> montage scene from Rocky 4. And fuck, do they get terrible. Yeah, they do. Oh, like, I know Rocky 1 is a real film. Yep. Like, it's it's not the cliche. It was... Rocky 2 started the cliche. Like, that, that running montage of the first one is amazing. Like, it's, a, it's filmed. Like, it's a filmmaker making a film. And that montage is not the piss take that everything is now. It, yep. it is a well-filmed, well-structured, works to the music, and it builds to a crescendo, and it's really, really good. By Rocky Two, they know the formula. And it's like, this is what we're going to do. So they up it and hit you by the head with it. So if you don't know, and you, who doesn't? But Rocky goes on that, on his run every day to train up for this big fight. And then and I, I, he struggles getting up the steps. It's because he's step. wearing Converse All-Stars. I know, it's a real thing to run <laughs> But he's sort of there and he's doing his run. He does it and da, 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 da. and the music is phenomenal. Yeah, Tom Conti, the Gonna Fly Now, whatever it's called, yeah. is just one of those brilliant pieces Ups- of music. Inspiring and you want to get there and do it. So I, so he, he he does the run. He does it get up the stairs and you're like, fuck yeah, good. The second one, it's like he's, he's Rocky Balboa now. Everyone knows who he is. He's still doing that run again. So he goes and does that run. But everyone knows who he is. So he's got kids following him, people on bikes following him. He's got hundreds of people following him on his run. He goes up the stairs and gets all quicker. And the music still hits, it's still inspiring and does all those things. But it's so much more. It's 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 just that, you know, before it was a small movie, but a guy who could do it. Yep. You know, it was a guy who believed himself he could do it. Now it's, he's Rocky. You know, it's, it's not, who's this guy? It's, yeah, he's not the underdog anymore. No, and he's so much bigger. Like he's got the, he's got the long hair, he's got the headband, so he's almost Rambo and he's, bigger so much bigger by this point yeah Rocky 2 then you get to Rocky 3 and it's Apollo Creed has taken on his training and it is the worst MTV style montage clip of them training and getting better it's got the music and it's less classical score more rock and roll score so it's got an 80s feel to it anyway yeah but it looks like an 80s film clip and it's just the cutting together is not a cinematic but there's a bit and it's so gay because <laughs> they're running on the beach with each other and then at the end because it's, it's like Apollo's running and he's trying to keep up with Apollo the only problem is they're in the same outfit every time so I don't know if it's meant to be the same day but he finally beats him by the end of the day I don't know but anyway but or they just the, have their own running, they're running on the beach, on the beach outfits yeah but he ends up at the end with him finally beating him on the run to the beach and they run into the water together and sort of hug and embrace and sort of like with the sun sitting in the background it's just so homoerotic it's ridiculous but yeah it, it became the cliche by that point and then by rocky four still inspiring i remember watching it on vhs when it first came out on video like back when i was when it came out 84 85 probably told her in been around 11 yeah so i was home my parents were out my sister was out or something i was watching this movie by myself it, when he fights ivan drago when he wins it's got the montage where ivan's got the they're the high tech he's got all the high tech russian yeah. stuff and he's being injected with stuff and he's got all this ridiculous equipment that making him better stronger and rocky's training in the woods in the snow lifting and, up wood and, and doing logs. sit-ups while he's like hanging off the edge of the, the, the barn or whatever in yeah. the barn and all this sort of stuff it's like yeah fuck her and then he goes and fights and it's ridiculous but yep. that's what I remember Rocky being, because that's what I sort of grew up with, those three movies, the two, three, and four. But I remember going out in the backyard and just shadow boxing for like 20 <laughs> minutes after Rocky, <laughs> watching Rocky fall, because the montage works and the music and everything that's in it. But looking at it now, it looks cheap and tacky compared to 
that first one. And this movie Creed is brand new and it's really well filmed and really well done and feels like a real movie and it's solid. It's got Felicia Rashad and I don't hate her. <laughs> that's how good this movie is. So anyway, that's Creed. Yeah. All right, be your number one for the year? Was that your number two? That was three. That was four. Number three, Captain was... America Civil War. We've talked okay. about that. Um, number two was Deadpool. You've talked about that. Yeah. Number one for me, only because I have to, is Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Okay. Mm, not because it's the best film, but because I have to. <laughs> it's just... And I've talked about it in the past, and I can justify why there's good bits to it and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, that's... For me, That the fact that that movie exists makes me happy. And, now, yeah. I'm not sure if we've mentioned your Superman statue on the podcast. Um, probably not. But yes, you, earlier in the year, you won a cinema advertising statue of... Yes, life-size Superman statue. Yeah. Yes. And that was when? May? You probably got that when the movie came out? before the movie came out, yeah. And it's still sitting in a box in your garage? Three boxes. Yeah. Three boxes, yes. Yeah. Well, I don't have ceilings tall enough to put <laughs> it up. That's my problem. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, there was, as, as you say, there was a lot of big name AAA movies that came out this year. But yeah, I, I just don't think I saw them. I, other than X-Men, I haven't seen a comic book movie in the cinema. And I'm not saying movies, they're the best movies of the year. They're the ones I've seen. And there's so many movies I didn't get to see. It's like last year, I didn't get to see the drumming movie. Whiplash. Whiplash, which I still haven't. Those are the movies I would be raving about right now, I reckon, if I'd seen them. And I'm sure these movies, The Big Short, was that this year about? Yeah. I'm sure that's even better. But I'm just not making the time or getting the time to see those films at yeah. the moment. No, I, I, like, again, The Revenant, everyone raved about that, but I just haven't made the effort to see that this yep. year. All right, so that was movies. Movies. We'll quickly jump into comics. I haven't got a lot to mention in comics, because there's be probably only a couple of things that I've really read this year. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed... Archie? No. No, Casper. Uh, no. Sonic the Hedgehog. No, I haven't. No. I, actually, there was a Sonic on Free Comic Book Day that I've read a couple of times, because my kids like it. <laughs> but no, um, for me, hasn't been a lot really in comics that I've got really into this year. There's been a few things that have come out, and I've sort of read a couple of issues and then kind of dropped off. Like there was a a new... Yeah, Wicked and Divine I sort of got into last year and fell off. There was a new season of Phonogram this year. And again, I've read a couple of issues, but it didn't grab me quite as much as the original Rule Britannia. But I really enjoyed Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, because it is that sort of gritty crime type writing. It's not, obviously... I'm not a a superheroes comic sort of person. I'm more of a slice-of-life person. Mm-hmm. So I, I read a few issues of that and really enjoyed that. I've read, I think, three out of the five of the Star Wars Han Solo spin-off comic mm-hmm. earlier this year or mid, mid-year, mid and I thought they were really well done as well. Yep. They kind of flesh out the Han Solo character a bit more, which I kind of enjoy because Han Solo was always my favourite character in Star Wars. For a lot of people, he probably is. I also really enjoyed, just started, and we're only two issues in, the He-Man Thundercats crossover, but... I am finding it a little bit cliched. I, I think they've kind of... Run down the beach? Not quite, no. but it, it could be. It's it's all like, you know, the, the Thundercats baddies beat up on He-Man. It's like, you know, you, I'm He-Man, you can't fuck with me sort of thing. And it, it's good for nostalgia value, but I'm not sure if it would be considered the best comic ever written. Yep. But a single issue that's just come out that I really enjoyed, and this ties back into us talking about wrestling before, is the Boom Comics WWE Then Now Forever. It just sort of came out late November sort of time, and it came out of nowhere, really. I didn't know it was coming, and then suddenly this comic's here. And it's kind of a backstory of why Seth Rollins turned on the other members of the Shield. I, I'm sure it's completely not true, but the way it's done. What, something about wrestling is not true. Yeah, 
it, yeah. it basically starts off with a little shot of them in the ring and Seth Rollins sort of going, you know, I'm the architect of the greatest tag team. How did I get here? And all ah. that sort of stuff. And then they sort of cut to them having a barbecue steak sitting on top of a production truck and Dean Ambrose kind of goes nuts because there's no potato salad and drives the truck away while Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins are still sitting on top. But then there's a Seth match. Right. Well, then there's a match that's meant to be a six-man tag and Seth Rollins isn't there and they turn out that he's at some fancy yacht club talking to Triple H about how he's going to become a single wrestler but it was strange but then at the end of the issue there's a couple of like one page stories or one page sort of multiple panel things that are just highlighting certain characters and there's like one for Stone Cold and there's one for Dusty Rhodes and the New Barry Horowitz no but New Day gets one and I think Sasha Banks and stuff but just the way it was put together I really liked it so yeah that was probably my favourite comic of the year all right, well, this is probably my worst year of comic reading. And I blame my phone, Futurama Game of Drones, and Facebook and Twitter. Because the time I would spend reading a comic, I now just have my phone in my hand and I'll just go and check Facebook or whatever. Yep. So I, I'm not making the time to read comics. I, I've made an effort in the last month and a half, so I'm catching up on things. So my goal next year is to read a lot more. So I'm going to make that time because, yeah, the, the phone is a... Not fear is the time... Mind killer... The phone is the time killer. That's what it is. It's a killer. It really yep. is. And you can't read comics while playing games as well. So you can read comics while watching TV, but, you know, it's just, yep. I just... But the problem is you can play Futurama while watching TV. So exactly. Yeah, I, I yeah. see exactly what That's what's about. killing me. So, yeah. So um, for me, uh, All New Avengers, I forget which one. It's the one with Sunspot in charge of AIM. I'm really enjoying that run of Avengers at the moment. That's really good. Hip Hop Family Tree bought out Volume 4. So that's just almost Hall of Fame. That sort of one. Yep. Uh, Paper Girls by Brian K. Vaughan is fantastic. The Doctor Strange comic by Chris Bachelow and Jason Aaron is, is really, really good. Baker Street Peculiars, which is a, a cartoony sort of thing about... Based on the Jerry Rafferty song? No. <laughs> Fuck Jesse <laughs> Rafferty. It's set, I think, 1930s, and it sort of like talks about the legend of Sherlock Holmes, and it turns out that it was... like it. Yeah, but it's about these three kids who all got their own little traits that are good. And the ghost of what they think is Sherlock Holmes is, sees them, knows who they are, and says, you can help me out, you can be my... Well, because it's the Baker Street Irregulars, as in Sherlock Holmes stories, this is the Baker Street Peculiars. But it turns out that Sherlock Holmes never existed. It was Mrs. Hudson yeah. all along. And it was just a, a nice little twist on it. So that, that was kind of funky. Renato Jones, One Percenter. It's sort of like a Batman sort of story where it's this... Carrie Andrews is the artist and writer on it. So it's really nice as far as that goes. But it, it's, it's like the Paris Hilton or but a guy but he's like you've that upper echelon one percenter but he also takes him down from the inside hmm. sort of a Batman-ish but he's taking literally his job is to take down one percenter so that's kind of funky it's only a few issues in but my top five number five Silver Surfer go back to the last two years same reasons because I've talked about it every year yep number four is Karnak now it's written by Warren Ellis it's one of the Inhumans it's fantastic but it comes out about every four to six months, an issue. So it's just shit that you got to wait. So it'll be a fantastic trade when it finally finishes. It's just, that's the annoying side of it. Number three, I'm going to say it's a tie, it's a cheat. It's Hanna-Barbera's Future Quest, which is... Have I talked about it on here? Was that the Wacky Races one? DC Comics bought out a bunch of weird ones based on Hanna-Barbera comics. So the Wacky Races was one. It's not very good. Where they did a Mad Max-ish version of the Wacky Races. So it was yep. a post-apocalyptic grounded in... Rea- not grounded, but it's obviously over the top and weird, but it's a bit nasty and grittier. Yep. That was the one I was looking forward to the most. But no, they bought out a Scooby-Doo, but it was a 
post-apocalyptic or a zombie apocalypse sort of version with Scoop. Shaggy had a shitty hipster moustache and tattoos like hipster tats and Scooby has some sort of nano technology where he can that sh- shows emoticons that he's talking it's just shit like no interest in that whatsoever <laughs> the future quest was sort of an all-star collection of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons so you've got Birdman the Herculoids Johnny Quest Space Ghost all coming together Okay. In a story. And that's just funky. And it made me go back and watch the Herculoids cartoon because <laughs> I was just like, cool. And I looked up some Herculoid toys, which I really want, and they're way too expensive now. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's just, I'm really, it's a nostalgia thing. It makes yep. me go back and like it. Um, there was another one they bought out. They bought out that and a few other comics, but they bought out one called the Flintstones. And I hate the Flintstones now as a comic, as a cartoon. I couldn't stand watching it. I, I was, as a kid, I used to like it. I was always the Jetsons over the Flintstones guy. But as far as a comic coming out, I was not interested. So I couldn't think of anything I would want to read less. Until I listened to iFanboy rave about this comic. I was like, oh, maybe it's all right. And I've read a, the first three issues. And it is a damn fine comic. And the thing is, the Flintstones were around in the 60s, dealing with 60s issues. So you watch that as someone, an adult now, it, it's, it's redundant. Well, I think it was probably, what, 80s when we watched the Flintstones. Yeah, and it was, and redundant, it was redundant then, then in a way. Yeah. Where this is taking that same line. This first issue of the Flintstones this time has got Mr. Slate has Cro-Magnon men working. So he's using these Cro-Magnon slate workers and paying them nothing. So it's sort of like migrant workers. Mm. And so it's really clever. It's talking about current day politics and, and things like that using the parable of, of being set in primitive times. So it's, and the artwork is, is phenomenal. So it's actually really, really good. I would not have touched this in a, with a barge pole if not for iFanboy, and it has been fantastic. Okay. So I can recommend that. Actually, that was my number three. They were tied because they both had a Bavaria link. Yeah. Number four would have been Superman. I'm going... I love Superman, as we've talked about plenty of times. I actually haven't read the comics for a very long time because I don't. The comics just haven't been that good. The comics are good again, so I'm jumping back in and I'm reading comics. I'm not super up to date. That's why it's not higher. But the fact that it's readable and I'm interested, well done. DC are doing something. Welcome right. back. Yeah. So that is my number four and my number three. My number two is Chew, which I've talked Chew. about all those years. It's still that good. I buy it by the trades. I read the trade. I enjoy it and go on. It's just quality has been number good and number one is saga which again i think i'm gonna have to put two which is gonna finish next trade anyway so it can be retired and saga is just one of those hall of fame might as well put it with game of thrones that it is of a certain quality every single time let's just shelve it and say it's done Hmm. so yeah i haven't read a lot but my plan next year is to read more comics and make the time but yeah again it's like the tv and the movies there's good stuff out there i'm just not getting to it you know last year my favorite comics were the you know hip-hop family tree the Andre the Giant, you know, all yeah. these sort of autobiographical left of centre sort of books, and I'm yeah. not getting to those either. No. It's Jeffrey Dahmer, was that last year? Yeah, that was yeah. last year as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, none of that. That's what I want. But so, yeah, I'm not finding that. I'm not making the time for it. Hmm. Yeah. So let's get down to our last topic, and this is generally our biggest topic because this is what we, we consume the most of. Yep. I know I do. And that is podcasts. Yeah. We're potting it forward, as they would call we are. it now. Now, there's been a lot of podcasts that have just consistently stayed good for me this year. I've got a Hall of Famer as well. Yeah. And I, I think your Hall of Famer may even be what I'm going to mention first, and that's the Bad Movie Fiends. Correct. No Quarters. Yeah, I put them as a slash. Let's Hall of Fame them. Consistently good. And even if there's an episode where they discuss a movie that I don't really care for. They normally bring it back in the second half and there's normally mm-hmm. something that's worth listening yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, if, if we've talked about the podcast a lot 
uh, on here. I don't know if we've explained it or not. Oh, I'm but sure what, we have. What they do is they watch bad movies and they recount those bad movies and rate it at the end. And that's generally the first half. And the second half, they just talk about what they've watched lately. Yeah. So even if the movie they've watched, and it, it all depends on the film they watch. A really bad movie can be entertaining if they want to talk about it. If they hate it, it's more entertaining. Or if they love it because it's a really great, fun, bad movie to watch, they're gushing. If it's a, just a shit, boring, bad movie, then they can be a little flat and therefore not that good. But the second half, it means, and they'll talk about good movies they've seen lately or gone to the movies or, you know, that sort of stuff. Or people ask some questions about, you know, exactly. this, that, whatever. Yeah. And it's really good. I mean, I, and like you said, they bring it back in that second half. Even yeah. if you're going through a real dirge of a first half, you can look forward to the second half. Exactly. They've never really failed on that. And it comes out weekly. Yep. So even a bad episode is forgotten pretty quickly. Yeah. Not that they have them. No, exactly. So, yeah, that, that's definitely a Hall of Famer. I, and they do a monthly, very long computer game podcast as well. Yeah, normally and they're right hours. in our element. I yeah. mean, Chuck looks just like you. They <laughs> seem to be our age. They watch bad movies and enjoy it, and they play computer games. Yeah. So, I mean... Uh, they're, they're one step ahead of us because they're actually playing current video games. And, and they're good, and they've got listeners. Yeah, so... Yes. We've got three, Michael and Brett and Simon. Julia. Oh, four, we've got four. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. So, yeah, um, another and one. Joel, that, sorry. Yeah. Well, he's not, he's not a listener. He's a friend of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Our only guest so far. But uh, another one that I kind of fell off for a little while, but I've got back in in a big way is the smartest man in the world, Greg Proops. Mm-hmm. So, again, as I mentioned with John Oliver and his coverage of the... American election. Proops has been all over the American election and, you know, encouraging people to vote for Hillary, which obviously didn't work out that well for him. But just his skew on things and the fact that a lot of the feminist issues in the world I would only know about because Proops has discussed them. Because last year or the year before, I think it was my number one. Yeah. And it was because it was the antitheses of the Stone Cold podcast. Yeah. Where it's like, he has a very different opinion to Stone Cold. And it's good. I like hearing both. <coughs> but um, he's not in my top five. He's no. an honourable mention because no. I haven't. I used to listen to it straight away. Now I they may back they bank up they yep. bank up a bit. But yeah, getting close to the election, I did sort of go. All right, where is he going with this? Because yep. that election was getting crazier and crazier as it was getting to the end. It's like, what's he got to say about this? But yep. yeah. So another one that's consistently good for me is Matt Mattingly's Ice Cream Social, which started off as a spin-off from Penn Sunday School with Matt Donnelly and his comedy partner, Paul Mattingly, who was also on the Geek Shock podcast. So two improv comics that had an improv show and decided that maybe they should get together and do a podcast. And it started off with just them sort of sitting around talking shit. Mm-hmm. And it's turned into like an improv podcast with lots of extra characters and ongoing jokes and stuff. But yeah, I really enjoy that. And I think that I may have mentioned last year as well. I think so. But again, consistent. That's one of the ones where pretty much as soon as it comes out, they do two episodes a week and that's part of my first listening. And another one that I've picked up based on your recommendations earlier in the year that I will mention as my honourable mentions as well is the... It's ex- a Grand Old Flag Demons Melbourne Football Club podcast, no? Yeah, how oh, did you know? Excellent, yeah, no, I love the, that um, It's mine. Yeah. The XFM Ellis James and John Robbins podcast, yeah. which has kind of dropped off a little bit for me, but for a while in the middle of the year, that was my go-to show. Yeah. And it's just... Two English comedian, an English and a Welsh comedian on radio in Saturday afternoons, having fun. Yeah, 
it's just so English or yes. British or English, English. Yeah. There's just something about their turns of phrases and the way they, and one's a big Queen fan, like the band Queen. Yep. And it's just hilarious. Just And that's what got you onto it. I said, just listen just to this listen section to this one, yeah. about his Queen rant. And that was what sold you on it. But yeah, I, I found an article talking about, you know, 10 podcasts you should listen to. And it wasn't the best article because I'm sure they talked about Mark Maron in there. They said <laughs> Alison James. I was like, oh, I'll give it a look. And what it is is literally a podcast like your radio condensed. Take yeah, the music take out, take out. the ads out, and this is the two hours or 50 minutes of them chatting. But they've just got such a thing about them. Now, they're a bit younger than us, but it seems to be our sort of age. Yeah. It just the music they talk about and it's just that cool factor, but an intelligent cool factor in a way. Like, it just got this yep. level of... And university humour as opposed to hot, you toilet humour. Toilet humour, yeah. yeah. Just- some of their expressions, like the keeping it session, yep. for, you know, not going too crazy when you're out drinking. And- but all go full shouting exactly. if you want to go crazy. And a lot of the stuff that they say, I know me and you have brought into our just general oh lexicon. My aunt. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird though because, as I said, it was like really big for a while, and I, I don't know if there was a, a little bit of overkill. Maybe, but I've- I was the same. I sort of felt the the less need to listen and I might go a month without listening to yep. one and then it's like oh I'm run out I'll listen to one and, of them and then I can easily listen to three in a row and I, I think the problem as well for me is I joined their Facebook group and a lot of stuff that they do on the show people were posting on the Facebook group before it was on the show and then when you hear it on the show it's like oh I've already heard that yeah. but now I've left the Facebook group so maybe it'll oh, you've left you invited uh, me in I know but there was just, there was just too much politics okay. between members of the group and I, I got over it but yeah fair enough but yes, that, that's my honourable mentions. Yep. I'll let you talk about yours, because I think your number one might actually be the same as my number one this year. Okay, well, I might have to take that. It's a grand old flag, Melbourne Football Club one off. Okay. okay. All right, um, I listen to a lot. To make myself cl- sound clever, I'm going to put Background Briefing and Download This Show. They're two Radio National podcasts. Um, background Briefing is just sort of like this sort of like little current affairs-y thing off the national broadcast. I don't mind. I download this show, sort of like News in Tech for the week. Sort of an in-depth sort of discussion. You sort of talk about that. So it's pretty cool. Fat Man on Batman, which is Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin talking about geeky news, which I listen to a lot of that. Gilbert Godfrey still gets in there. I don't listen to him as regularly as I used to, but I don't. I try not to miss episodes. It's funny because I find that I only listen to the mini episodes now that don't have guests, where it's just him and his co-host talking no, I, about I, 60 I, TV and stuff. I sort of, my mindset has to be right to listen because I may not know who those guests are, but the guests you get generally have great stories because they sort of pick old Hollywood and yep. things like that. So that's really good. Harmontown, I still listen to, but I'm not immediate. Where It used to be the, as soon as that's down, I'm listening to it. I find myself now, I'm two, three weeks behind on Harmontown. And I'll do a bird yep. purge and catch up. Speaking of that, we're actually going to see him live yeah, coming yeah. in a few weeks. December 16th here in Melbourne, and mm. I think December 17th in Sydney, if we have any Sydney listeners. Yeah. If Pain Persists, which is John Blackman's podcast, and God, this is making me feel old, because I chased this up because, <laughs> like I said, I do a Hey Hey It's the podcast, which is a Hey Hey It's Saturday podcast, where we go back, watch single episodes, we're starting with 1994, right. and we recount those episodes. So that's not your number one? But, no. Okay. No. Uh, what? Hey, hey, it's a podcast. No. no. Um, yeah, but if Pain this John Blackman and a friend of his who's a pharmacist get there and they talk about things like um, arthritis, pain, or crazy leg syndrome. What is it? 
Restless Lips Syndrome. Restless Syndrome. Anything like that. Diabetes, like each episode, it goes for about 10 to 12 minutes and they just talk about, yeah, and he just An talks about- An ailment per issue. Yeah, pretty much. I'm on Ginkgo now. I'm on Glucosamine. <laughs> I'm listening to this going, oh yeah, I'm going to grab some of this. I'm Magnesium for, Ginkgo for my memory, Magnesium for like cramps. I'm like, I feel so fucking old is what I do. <laughs> Yeah, so I listened to it because of research for the podcast, and I've found, you know, because they're 12 minutes long, I'm like, yeah, whatever, just listen to it. Um, I fanboy, it's a constant, it's like bad movie fiends where these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. They've been doing it long enough, and it's the same quality, week in, week out. And because it's weekly, you can have a bad episode, or you can sort of tune out, it doesn't matter. And it's another reason I don't read the comics as much as I used to. Because I listen to them and they spoil the comics, which is fine, I don't have an issue. But they read and review comics. So I know what's going on in the universes, like Marvel and DC, where I'm up to, what's important if someone dies or, you know, key events have happened. I know. So I don't have to read it to know. I know. The good thing with it is it is a very entertaining podcast where I'm, as I said, I'm not a huge superhero comics person, but I get a lot out of iFanboy because they will talk about other things that you may not know about. So other comics. And I know one of them is it. What's his name? Josh, is it? Yeah. One of them is more of a not a superhero fan as yeah. well. He's the indie guy, and I can relate to him a lot more than I can to Ron and the other one. The other one, yeah. But yes, a consistent fan, i fanboy as well. It's like one of the first podcasts that I picked up. Yeah. yeah, and to be all wanky again, I was listening to something called Something Wonky, which is about Australian left politics, left wing politics. Now it's that finished up because they said they were going to do so long. So it was two guys who did it. One of the guys has continued on another podcast now called Well We May Say to quote the quote the Gough Whitlam line, yeah. and that's just started up. So it's pretty much the same thing, but with one, and he's got a rotating, rotating, um, rotating, rotating, a rotating um, guest list of um, guest co-hosts. Hmm. So that's my also runs, but my top five one. Number five is the Man of Steel Answers Insight Commentary. Now, this podcast I've talked about before, and this is this one guy who breaks down... Well, it was Man of Steel, now it's Batman v Superman as well. But he breaks... And and Suicide Squad. But he breaks it down to the strangest minutiae and this and that. And that's great, because it's made me appreciate Man of Steel, because I used to not like it, now I appreciate it. But not only that, it's made me look at other films differently. It's like how you look at films. Why do you look at this? Why is it this way? Instead of watching like a typical Marvel film or something and just taking it in and going, yeah, that's, that's my popcorn. That's my burger. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, oh, that's an interesting take. That's, oh, that means this. That, yeah, it just makes you look at it differently. Whether it's intentional or not, it just can give you more tools to go in and watch something. And that's what I love about it. Mm. Because I can go into watching Westworld with the same sort of, that could mean this and that. It, it just makes me feel better about it. Number four is Geek Shock, which is something you put me onto. Yeah. And it's... A geekly, a weekly geek. A geekly. It's a geekly. It's a weekly geek news show with a bunch of comedians. But I don't think they're comedians. I think oh, improv. One of them's a comedian, and a couple of them started off. They were on the Star Trek Experience together. Mm. And again, it's one of those things where it's a group of guys that have known each other for a long time, and they bounce off each other really well, and they are incredibly knowledgeable. Yep. And it, yeah, it's just, it's just funny and entertaining. Number three is a weekly planet. We talked about it last year. Two yep. Aussie guys again. Geekly. It's a weekly geek show. Number two is We Watch Wrestling. Like I said, we've been getting into wrestling this year again, sort of getting back into it. And one of the reasons I have got back into it is a podcast called We Watch Wrestling. And what I'm what I'm seeing here is a thing that I'm into, it's a podcast with those people, with three men talking about those things. Yeah. That's what most of my podcasts... Are. I mean, Bad Movie Fiends added another guy, so it's four guys of my vintage talking about things that I like. We Watch Wrestling is three guys of my vintage talking 
talking about wrestling. Geek Shock and Weekly Planet was two or three guys talking about <laughs> geek stuff. So it, there is a formula here that I obviously go for. And these, uh, they're, they just happen to be comedians. Yep. And they're entertaining. And they, they are passionate about wrestling. You know, I, I sort of was looking in the same way that I like iFanboy, where they're passionate about comics so I get that passion from them and it makes me excited about reading comics or following the comics and stuff like that yep. so I did the same for wrestling this year and I tried a bunch of ones and what was the well see here we go so We Watch Wrestling is my number one okay and it basically started off that we were looking for wrestling podcasts and I think you got onto Wrestling Soup yeah and that was yeah Wrestling Soup was this one I found it was pretty good it was a New York based one with yep. a bunch of comedians talking about it and then I found We Watch Wrestling and as soon as I found We Watch Wrestling I dropped yeah, Wrestling Soup in no time what I found about Wrestling Soup is I didn't mind one of the hosts. The other host was just a, a bit dick. too douchey. Yeah. But I hated their fans. They would do these sections where the fans would have call-ins. Yeah. And I just found all of their all of their fans just being just dicks. I mean, I, I liked it because they were really their talk on wrestling was good yeah. and what they knew. But one of the guys was so do-bro-ish and it was annoying. And he went on a ramp, ran about tipping one day and his and politics yep. pissed me off. And I was sort of like really anti him anyway. Yeah, that was what did it for me as well. And then there was um, another bit where, all right, we're talking about modern wrestling. Kevin Owens was starting to get over and become a big name in the Fed. And he kept calling him Steen. And it was like, all right, so Kevin Owens, before he was in the WWE, wrestled as Kevin Steen. That's fine. If you want to be a smart person and you go, I followed him when he was in Ring of Honor. Yep. That's that's well and good. But you, yeah, you don't you're just proving times. that you're a dick. It's like, yeah, I knew him when he was Kevin Steen. No, he's currently Kevin Owens. You're talking about Kevin Owens. Yeah. At the moment, if that's the a storyline. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it just took me out of it. And it's like, no, you're a dick. Done. And as soon as I discovered We Watch Wrestling, it was like, easy. And the difference is, they love it. Yeah. it Because it, it, well, almost like the wrestling soup they were almost they had to be too cool for it yeah where Matt who's one of the guys on We Watch Wrestling he used to write for them and yeah, you think someone who's been behind he's seen how the sausage, sausages were made yep. yet he still eats sausages yeah and you hear him do his stand up about it he loves it he goes yeah I fucking love wrestling this is my exactly. thing exactly yeah you know and, and that, that's what passionate. I really like about it so it's Matt McCarthy and Vince Averill who are two comedians who are really big wrestling fans and have been for a long time and then they've brought in Tom Sibley who is what they call the wrestling Padawan, who doesn't know a lot about wrestling and has only got into it in the last few years. And just the different dynamic of the, you know, the old school and the new school. And, but yeah, there, there's just something about it that just instantly resonated. Yep. And the first couple of issues that I listened to, it was kind of like, well... And we're calling them issues because that's what, they, that's call what they call them. Because that's what they call them, yeah. The first few were kind of the production of it threw me a little bit because they're very much... They'll start talking about something and then they'll kind of get distracted and they'll go on these sort of outside tangents and stuff but now that I've listened to it a lot I think that's part of the appeal to it mm. it is just so off the cuff but it's so them they've got such strong personalities and it just works yep. and you sort of got to buy in if you don't like Tom Sibley you're not going to like the podcast because no. it's a strong potentially annoying personality yep. but I buy in and I yeah. love it Yeah. And, and the other thing that I really like about it as well is it's not just WWE they'll talk about Japan they'll talk about Ring of Honor they'll talk about you know Pro Wrestling Guerrilla and indie stuff as well whereas a lot of the mainstream wrestling podcasts will only talk the Fed well I'd be yeah you're either mainstream and you talk Fed only or you're hipster cunts who only talk about Ring of Honor and, and the indie work because that's what the cool shit is yeah. or I only watch Japanese wrestling you know they sort of they're across the board they just love it all exactly it, it, it's they just, just like wrestling mm. 
And they watch wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's just good. Uh, and, and probably, if you want to give it a go, if you like wrestling or not, or you're thinking about giving it a go, try it, but give it a couple of episodes just to sort of... Because it's not ongoing jokes, but there is a what? there is stuff that's uh, what are you talking about, and you will pick it up, because they always talk about the dog. They've got a dog that while they're recording, or Tom Sibley's always yoking his shirts. Or, or about... taking his shoes off. Or... <laughs> Say yes. So, very close to my number one. I could understand why. I could easily swap my mine around. But my number one is last year's probably number one, I think, was Weekly Planet or Last Podcast on the Left, number one for last probably, year. Probably, yeah. yeah. So it's Last Podcast on the Left slash Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. It's the only reason I got it over there at the line. Now, Last Podcast on the Left we talked about last year. It's a true crime podcast. Same deal. It's three comedians, through my our, you know, our vintage, talking about true crime yep. in an entertaining manner. It's like, yeah, I have a type. And it's damn funny. Like, you talked about characters before, which is Henry Zabrowski. He's one of the guys on this show. But not only that, there's Henry Zabrowski. Marcus Parks. Marcus and Parks. Ben and, Kissel. and Ben Kissel. So it's Marcus Parks and Ben Kissel do another show called Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, which is an American political podcast. And obviously, this year has been a very big year for that sort of thing. So for me, using John Oliver, Greg Proops, and more importantly for me, was Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, was what sort of got me through keeping me abreast of the situation yeah of understanding the differences between how American politics works yeah. to here in Australia yeah so for me it's the slash tie in a cheat sort of way because they have the two and it's the same humour that is in a link I mean last podcast on the left but it was just applied to the current politics which obviously was crazy I mean Donald Trump is gold for any yeah. comedian out there at the moment so for me that's my number one but yeah we watch wrestling as far as entertainment value they could interchange easily enough it's almost the same show it's just the subject matter is <laughs> different surprisingly yeah it is almost the same show and mm. even on Abe Lincoln's Top Hat they talked about Virgil so there's wrestling tie-ins there as well mm-hmm. and yeah. Donald Trump's in the WWE Hall of Fame exactly <laughs> all comes back to wrestling it does and that's it? how we met it's true yeah, yeah. It all comes back to wrestling, yes. There's a lot of good stuff there in the year. Obviously, this year has been not all about the good stuff. There it's has the been the shittest year. Yes. The amount of celebrity deaths for 2016 is just astounding. Now, I've got a, fr- a, f- a friend on Facebook who's going, oh, stop making comments about, oh, this year has been crazy. This many people die all the time. It's like, yeah, but it's not these many people that resonate with us so much. Yeah. Now, as we get older, we're probably, yes, all right. This As we get older, people are getting older that we looked up to and so that people are going to die. More people are going to die that we resonate with. Like when, you know, a 90-year-old jazz pianist dies or whatever, it doesn't mean shit to me. Yeah. But they're 90, so I was nothing when they were a big name or yeah. whatever. But we are getting points now where it's like, oh, but I grew up with that person. I grew up with that person and stuff. You know, David Bowie, big, that was a big one. Yeah, exactly. Prince, not so much. He's a big name, someone I grew up with, but not like David Bowie. Like, David Bowie's just this thing. He's an entity. He, he, and Prince to a, a, so many people, and I totally not taking anything away from Prince. It's just musically, I didn't buy in the same way I did to Bowie, but Bowie was so much more an artist to me. Yep. I'm not taking anything away from Prince, just not to me. So, the year started shit. Yeah. So, you know, with David Bowie, just like, fuck. I don't know if I want to live in a world without David Bowie. You know, the, the potential was always there. Yeah, it was like we had David Bowie, and then I think it was not long after that. It was the next week. Yeah. It was um, Alan Rickman. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, fuck. <laughs> the, yeah, and just we went through like some website earlier on today when we were going through who's died this year. 201 celebrities, but, I didn't know half of them. And when you look at it, it's 
a lot of them weren't, as you say, your 90-year-old jazz pianists. Mm. We've had people in their 50s and 60s. We've had... Dan Haggerty. Yep. Grizzly Adams died this year. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes died this year, I think. China. Was that last year? China. Mr. Fuji. You've had... Blackjack. Leonard, Leonard Cohen just in the last week. Yeah, Blackjack Mulligan going back to wrestling. Balls Mahoney. But and it wasn't just that there was musicians dying. There was like actors, Gene Wilder, Alan Rickman. Yeah, it's not just Gene Wilder. That's that's Willy Wonka died. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's characters of our, our youth... And even, that's a 1960s movie or 70s movie, I know, but I grew up on that movie. Yeah. So it's Willy Wonka died. And, you know, so it's, yes, this many people die every year, but it just seems to have hit harder this year with people like Bowie and Gene Wilder, Alan Rickman, you know, Snape, it's Hans Gruber. Yeah. And and even in the the world of comedy, Ronnie Corbett died this year. Mm -hmm. You've had... You know, radio legend Terry Wogan died this year. Oh, comics. D- Darwin D- Cook fucking Darwin died Cook, this yep. year. Things that are too close. Um, I forget his name, but the artist for Preacher. Yeah. Steve Dillon. That's right. Steve Dillon died this year as well. So two phenomenal comic, iconic comic artists, you know, exactly. died this year. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is, this is, it's happening. And we're getting older and this is going to happen more often. And it's sort of like, I, I don't like it. Yeah. Stan Lee's still kicking, but they just announced that they've filmed four cameos for Stan Lee now. So it's sort of like, they're pre-filming cameos for Stan Lee for future films. So he can live forever. Well, at least for a while. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's sad. It is. I mean, I mean, he's ninety three. I, I understand that. David yeah. Bowie, I don't. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just like, oh, but but no. Yeah, I I am living in a world of privilege. Exactly, and I am living in a land of entitlement where my heroes are still alive. And I guess I'm realizing that 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 doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Damn it! Well, this year sucks. Brexit, Turnbull, Trump. Yeah, let's just hope that 2017 starts off on a better note because losing someone like Bowie first month of the year wasn't good star wars was such a hype december was great and then it's just like fuck you yeah. it's like well you got your star wars now fuck you yes but yeah and then we got x-men apocalypse see exactly just, ah. yeah. well it, it's tough to end on a, a down note with celebrity deaths deaths but on a plus you've got 12 whole days of christmas with us yes not so, for you you're gonna edit the fuckers but you get to listen to us it's a lot easier for you say so, yes as we've done in previous years, we decided this year to change it up a little bit. And instead of just doing 12 days of Christmas specials leading up to Christmas, we're actually going to do 12 days of a Christmas carol. Yep. So, 12 different versions of the Charles Dickens classic. Yep. And I could have mentioned that in my favourite podcast for the year, because <laughs> just recently, as part of the uh, preparation. preparation for the 12 days of Christmas, I actually listened to a, a very good BBC podcast that was the abridged version of the classic novel. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that. But yes, I'm I'm very much looking forward to watching the 12 days of Christmas. Yep. And recording the 12 days of Christmas. Not editing. Yeah. Yeah. But... But we're so good at this now, you hardly have to edit. We are. Exactly. So, coming up on the... 13th of December mm-hmm. will be our day one of the 12 days of Christmas, leading you all the way up to Christmas Eve. Which I know is the wrong way. Yes. But that's the way we like to do it. That's the way we do it. And yeah, exactly. So, yes. No little mini this month because we figure 12, 12 Christmas days episodes is, enough, is yeah. more than enough. So, that's it for regular shows this year. Thank you for but listening. We'll, yeah, thank you very much. We're toying up the idea of maybe a little format change next year. Pants. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. We will be back after our 12 days of Christmas. If you're not a Christmas person, we will be back with another episode in January next year, which will be our great expectations for things we're looking forward to in 2017. Yep. But until then, yes, it's time to go and start boning up on our Charles Ooh. Dickens. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, boning up the Dickens. <laughs> and we'll be back with more interesting 
facts about the uh, Christmas Carol period. See ya. All right. See you. Thanks a lot. Just do I just bump 